what is... Oh, oh, my is crashed. oh my goodness me! The commentary curse! We said oh, he was going squeaky clean! I heard the noise from the crowd, I can't believe that! The streak is over! Alex Rins is a part-time. <laughs> oh, mm. Lord. I see what you did there. <laughs> Welcome to episode 188 of Otisport 101. I am once again your friendly neighborhood host, Mr. Andre Harrison. And uh, I'm going to cut to the chase. Ryan King's here. Say hi. Hey. Uh, stuff happened in Austin. Uh, a lot stuff of stuff. <laughs> I'd like to think Steve, who sadly isn't part of, is part of my Discord server... But isn't here anymore. Who was actually at the Grand Prix this weekend? Jinxed him. I hold him entirely responsible for this. <laughs> and the Marquez merch that I had ordered, his, his special Austin limited edition T-shirt and cap, is now delayed in transit. And I'm also going to blame him for that too. It's all his fault. <laughs> God damn it! It's been a disastrous weekend. Uh, RJ console me. That's I'm here. It's it's going to be okay. It's, it's going to be perfectly fine. All this means is that Mark is going to win the ra- the championship three races early instead of just four. <laughs> well, that's one way to look at that, I suppose. Uh, we'll get to MotoGP's Grand Prix of the Americas in a shocking fashion where Mark Marquez somehow lost his streak of 12 consecutive wins on American soil. Um, and we'll, we'll get into the surprising new top flight Grand Prix winner as well. Um, he rides it for Suzuki. You probably know who we're talking about. And no, it's not Maverick Vinales either. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to, to, to Valentino Rossi. Moto2, where Baldessari didn't make it three in a row. And the gatekeeper returned to the top of step of the podium. And Moto3, another wily veteran in the class, picked up his first win of the year as well. Um, with Aaron Canet taking the W in Moto3. We'll get into IndyCar and the Grand Prix of Long Beach. Or as Roger calls it, extra saucy. As uh, Alex Rossi laid the hammer on the entire field at Long Beach for the second year in a row. Um, more championship implications and the block or not block heard around the world as Graham Rahal and Scott Dixon went to war on the final lap. Fun times. And would also gloss over World Superbikes as, uh, yeah, guess who won both races? I'll give you a hint. It's not Jonathan Ray. <laughs> more on that. <laughs> Yeah, no points for guessing who won that. Yes, Jason is listening in the Discord. Both races. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and also, it sucks that only one of them put a point is there, and it says someone not named Ray finished second in race two. Yes, one streak came to an end, but probably not the one you were hoping for. Just saying, more on that later on in the show. Big shout out again to Toki, to Henry, to Jason, and to Cam, who's still sticking around for a second dose of M101. What's wrong with you people? (laughs) You masochists. Jesus Christ. Um, You're here for both of these? Good Lord. Um, 
Yeah, uh, that's a fun one. So basically, you can find us real quick, youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. Again, a whole bunch of videos from yours truly on there, vlogging all about Ferrari, Charles Leclerc, Sebastian Vettel, Avara Bautista, the 1000th Grand Prix. It's a fun time. Listen, watch them all back to back while making yourself a cup of tea or something. It's a good time. Apparently, I make for great background material. I'm not sure if that's a compliment or an insult. <laughs> I'll let you but. I'll let you guys be the judge on that one. Um, Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. And our personal handles are at Harrison101HD for me, at RJ O'Connell for RJ, um, and at Ryan Eric King. That's with two Ks for Ryan King, who can't win YouTube-related quiz shows anymore. Whoa. Sad times. Whoa. Famously, on Around the Corner, I went, I've never won on Around the Corner, Dre. You forget that. Like I didn't win any, this. win anymore? Did I ever win in the first place? <laughs> no, I was trying to. I was trying to salvage your self esteem here, King. If you wanted to be like that, then that's fine. <laughs> it's like it, it can't be a comeback if I've never been there. Okay, there, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> that is also true. Um, oh dear. Um, also, I just checked the tracking details on my Marquez merch via DHL. It got to London Heathrow. They actually shipped it to the wrong facility and they sent it back to Milan. That's how bad it off it is right now. Oh man, Mark has stuff going to Italy. Hmm. Ooh, I'm not sure I, I feel like... about this. It's like my cap is going to come back with a hole in it, um, <laughs> and probably like a yellow, probably like a yellow 46 plus to stuck on top. That's nah, weird. I don't remember ordering a horse's head. Now nah, they're just yeah. going to they're just going to aggressively shove your DHL box away from a scooter. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, all of that and much, much more, as well, as well as you can back us financially on Patreon if you really like us. We're on patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. $5 gets you early access to all of our shows. $10 gets you early access to the supporters club of our Discord server where you can listen to these shows live as they go out. And you can find all of those details and our written section for all our blogs. You get to know a little bit more about us, the team, as well, on our website, motorsport101.com. After this creative musical interlude, we'll be back to talk about MotoGP's Grand Prix of the Americas. Hell has frozen over. It is snowing in Assen. And of all the crazy shit that's gone down in this world in the last two years, God has fallen himself. Mark Marquez does not win in America. Wait, what? Yes, kids. Six years in a row, Mark Marquez had won at the Grand Prix of the Americas, mostly in dominant fashion. Every single race bar won. I think he'd started from pole position at Cota as well. In fact, you can, you can go even further. I think he had won 11 consecutive races in MotoGP on American soil back when the GP calendar included Laguna Seca and Indianapolis as well as American rounds on there. So Marquez is virtually invincible. In America. Um, give him an anti-clockwise circuit. He's probably going to win on it. Apparently, it's down to his training. He's, his ranch, where he trains, loves going anti-clockwise. Uh, that's kind of been his secret as to why he's been so good around the circuit of the Americas. Him and a very floppy Honda that's able to go back and forth. Unfortunately, he flopped one time too many. And with a three-second lead, um, in um, going halfway through the race, 
He fell. Lost the front at turn one and was not able to save it. And in shock and awe heard around the world, Mark Marquez doesn't win at Kota. Guys, I, I demand three days of mourning. Oh, fuck. Is, is, is that, is this bike just gonna lie in state in the capital rotunda? It's like, this is, we lost an American hero on Sunday. <laughs> Don't even joke about that on the weekend where we had Nikki Hayden's retirement ceremony. Oh, oh god, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh god Guys, King's trying to get us cancelled again. Only the third time this year. <sighs> God. So Marquez is about a half a second quicker than everybody else, and all of a sudden he just low sides it. And for once, he wasn't able to save it on his elbow like he normally does either. It actually, it it is weird on that Honda. Like like it was only like a half error. It in the sense of he the front went very very briefly, but Marquez wasn't actually able to save this one. He's actually had much bigger twitches than that in the past that he's actually somehow managed to save. Um, <laughs> um, but this time he wasn't able to save it. And it also led to hilarious meme-based content when they tried twice to get his bike going again um, because it wasn't too badly damaged. But uh, they actually fell over trying to restart the bike. It's now been memed into oblivion. Um, it's like, oh, it's that Monday morning feeling, folks. And then the picture of Marquez falling over with his bike. It's not a pretty sight. Oh dear. Um. Uh, it's it's not great, uh, to say the least. And yeah, shock horror. Marquez doesn't win in America. So who does that leave? Well, the race broke into another one-on-one dogfight. In the black and blue corner, Valentino Rossi, who is still looking for his first Grand Prix win in nearly two years now. Yeah, and consider, this happened just as Tiger Woods won the Masters, so we're thinking, right, this is going to be the day of old money. All you got to (laughs) do is keep Valentino Rossi outside the Perkins because there's nothing like recycled jokes on back-to-back episodes. Valentino Rossi has got this in the bag, and wait a minute... Out of the blue and gold corner. Alex Rins, ladies and gentlemen, a guy who had teased uh, front, front running opportunities with Suzuki at Qatar, but didn't quite have the overall pace to stay with Marquez and Davizioso that day. But this time, prime opportunity, Alex Rins was right there. And with four laps to go in the race, Alex Rins pounced and took the lead. Um, and we got a one-on-one dogfight for the victory. Rossi through the house at it on this one, including... I, 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 can't remember, I can't believe I'm saying this. Rossi blinked. He made a big error on the turn 10 hairpin with two to go, and he opened the gap up to about 0.7 of a second. He threw everything at it. He gained about half a second on the final lap, but was not close enough to put on a move. And just like that, Alex Rins becomes the first man in the history of the Circuit of the Americas to win in all three Grand Prix classes. Get in there, lad. The streak is over. Alex Rins defeats the Marquez streak. And uh, a first ever top flight victory for Alex Alex Rins by 0.5 of a second over Valentino Rossi. And I can't, I have to say, this felt like it's been coming. It, it, It really has. Like, Rins has slowly gotten faster and faster and faster for some time. I mean, those veteran Bike Live fans out there that's been listening in, we talked a lot about this, and I distinctively remember saying that the second half of last year's championship, Rins was third overall, 
and was only a handful of points behind the big two of Marquez and Davizioso in GP. Um, he was right up there with the big two, and this win felt like it was coming, and Suzuki get their first win since Maverick Vinales won the British Grand Prix. Remember him? Uh, <laughs> at Silverstone in, in 2015. Um, so yeah, Suzuki's second top flight win since coming back as a, as a uh, factory team in 2014. I mean, King, a great moment for GP, another new winner. We've, we've, we've been flooded with those in the last few years. Has any good one got Johan Zarco's number? <laughs> Please, anyone, anyone got Zarco's number? Anyone? <laughs> King, get your mans. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, I mentioned it as well, as like Jason mentioned in the Discord chat, Maverick Vinales, remember him? And I said, I remember him. And I was like, yeah, he got a false start. Um, it's actually quite funny. Um, how we talked a lot about Cal Crutchlow's false start issue he had in Argentina a couple of weeks ago, um, and how you can't rock the bike back and forth or you, or move it forward off the starting spot before the lights go out. Well, and one race later, after drawing attention to that rule, two guys jumped the starting coda. Both, uh, both him, uh, Maverick Vinales, who was starting. Um, in I think eighth on the grid at the time, and Joanne Mir um, in, in the Suzuki on row five, both did the exact same thing, and uh, basically uh, jumped the start by rocking their front wheel forwards before the light went out. You can't do that, and it, like especially now that Cal Crutchlow was pointed it out, it's a slam dunk penalty now. You can't do it, yeah. and if anything, it was even worse because Maverick Vinales just thought, ah, I'll just take a long lap penalty. They won't flag me for this now. <laughs> it's like he knew he jumped the start. And I was like, nope, you're still getting a ride through, uh, Maverick. Sorry about that. Um, I still agree with what I said two weeks ago. They need... They, it's not that is not worthy of a drive-through penalty. I don't care what anyone says. It's too, it's like given the pit lane speed limit, it's too debilitating to have that be a penalty in modern day GP. I just I, I just can't. That's like a thirty-second penalty. It's too steep, given that you can cut a corner and get like two seconds added on, or you know you can drop a position and that may often only be a few temps, and then but you jump the start. You dare jump the start. It's a half. It's a uh, it's a half uh, it's it's a half um, half a minute penalty eventually by having to, having to take the ride through. Also, sorry to uh, sorry that was, also Turkey just pointed out as well. Vinales took the long lap penalty after being told about the ride through. <laughs> <laughs> Did Maverick not read his dashboard properly? Oh boy! <laughs> it said ride through, not long lap penalty. Um, I like Jason's idea. Two long lap penalties. That seems about right to me. Um. That's about four or five seconds. I think, yeah, I could see that. Or just make it a, a, a straightforward five-second time penalty. Why not, right? Um, I don't think the punishment fits the crime, quite frankly. But, you know, I'll let you guys debate that one for yourselves. I mean, what did you make of the race, you guys? Real quick before I get into the run order. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed yeah, it. Did get, get Got a chance to catch it. Couldn't believe that Marquez fell. But what a good what a good story with Renz winning that race. And uh, Rossi, man, he came, he came so close. And y'all, also, we forgot to mention the other guy on the podium that hasn't been here in a while since he took a rather unexpected victory. He's Jack Miller. Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> I am Jack Miller, and this is nearly low-siding it over the crest. 
Yes, Jack Miller, his second Grand Prix podium, his first GP podium since that win at Assen uh, a few years ago. But uh, great to see Jack Miller back on the podium as well for the Pramac team. Pramac were absolutely delighted um, on that one when he got back to the pit lane. Um, and also, just like RJ's putting in the, in the chat now, like he almost had a huge crash coming over the crest. Like it's gone for a good lot. His knee saves it going over the crest. It is an almighty save for a minute that you would never see in real time. But when you slow it down, I mean, Dorna are, are the best in the business at these slow motion shots. Um, stunning save from Jack Miller and a brilliant bit of riding who was top Ducati on the day because he beat his teammate Andrea De Vizioso for fourth. Um, on that one, um, Dovi who started 13th, started 13th, was struggling all weekend. He doesn't tend to go well at Kota. Um, a good comeback to come back to finishing fourth in the end. Um, a little bit of help from guys around him dropping off. Um, because there was one other guy in that leading group, um, Cal Crutchlow, um, who sadly wrecked, um, with 15 to go on that one. Um, Cal Crutchlow is so infuriating in that he can be so good. Uh, he can, he, like, on his day, he is as good as any alien out there, and then he but he bins it like a good a third of the time in these high pressure races. It's why I will never consider Cal an alien. It's so <laughs> frustrating. Like he said, he, like he famously says, "Don't doubt me." After that big win in Argentina last year, and it's just like, nope, <sighs> every time. Honda did not have a good weekend. No, Marquez fell, Jorge Lorenzo uh, fell, and Cal Crutchlow fell. The top ranking Honda in the field was, and I think the last one standing, was uh, Takanakagami, who finished in 10th, um, which I thought was quite funny. Um, um, Jesus. Uh, also, I also love the cams, it uh, says in the chat, are we going to discuss the Honda swing arm? Um <laughs> Oh boy, the uh, the the, uh, the the totally doesn't generate downforce uh, swing arm that they put on the on the bottom of the bike, uh, in a continuation of the drama of what happened with Ducati and their uh, <clears throat> tire cooling swing arm they put on the bottom of their bike. It totally doesn't aid downforce, honestly. Um, <laughs> uh, Honda had tested and applied theirs in the circuit of the Americas after the race before in Argentina where like and basically this was Honda making a mockery of the rules in that they had to say what the new part was for if they say it's to increase downforce it'll get rejected because you can't have a part on the bike like that to increase downforce which they which at first they said that and then they said no it was rejected they did it again saying it's to improve tyre cooling it was approved because in the rules, if it's if it's for if it's for tire cooling, they have to approve it. If it sounds stupid to you, it really is. But, it, it uh, really, it really does. And uh, I, I understand the safety aspect of ha- keeping your tires cool, but having cooler tires also makes you be able to ride the bike faster. Yeah, it's like because if it's a safety device, then yeah, it, they'll approve it. But it's that's we all know we're not stupid. It's not for that. It's to improve rear downforce. Um, 
It's a dumb rule, it's poorly regulated, and it's a loophole that now Dorna can't close. So, as you saw, Honda debuted a new swing arm. Thanks to thanks to the MotoGP social media team for pointing that one out. Um, also, I had to, to correct myself as well. Lorenzo had a technical failure on that Honda. This was a day after another chain fell off the bike in qualifying, and we almost had Lorenzo have a carbon copy of Marquez's 2015 pole rush. Only which is actually quite sad. Lorenzo can't run at full speed because of how badly his ankles have been damaged over the years. It was actually quite sad watching that. I was like, God, his, his ankles are that badly done. Because, um, like, no matter what you say about bike riders, Jorge Lorenzo is a 30-year-old man who can't run properly. Like, that is alarming to me. I know, like... He had a lot of early wrecks in his MotoGP career, like that awful high side in Shanghai and the other one he had at Laguna Seca, which you've probably seen somewhere in a motorsport montage without even realising. Um, the, like the, the first one he had in Shanghai as a rookie broke both his ankles at the same time. God. He's never been able to run properly since. Lest so, we talk uh, about the injuries that his predecessor in that bike had accumulated over his time in 13 seasons... Yeah, it, it's it's a long list. We forget how often like bike injuries can rack up on people, and uh, seeing Lorenzo literally struggle to run down the pit lane to get to his second bike in time as it was being set up, and then come out and try a hot lap with one lap and only could qualify eleventh. It was a bit miserable, and I guess sometimes, I think sometimes we we take for granted um, just how ridiculously freakish Mark Marquez can be at times when. Jorge Lorenzo, who, if he retires tomorrow, is a top six rider ever, as far as I'm concerned, um, basically can't run at age 30. Scary thought. Scary thought. Rest, rest of the running order real quick. Frankie Morbidelli in fifth for the Patronus Yamaha team. We just seem to be getting better and better already on, the, on, on this Yamaha package. Um, Frankie Morbidelli in fifth, a career-high finish for him. Danilo Petrucci in sixth on Ducati. Um, Fabio Quattararo in seventh, another strong rookie performance from the young Frenchman. Um, also, shout out to Paul Spagaro, eighth place for KCM. That's a great result. King, um, King, your boys have done you proud. <laughs> yes. Well, well, one of them did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, again, I, and I have to give credit to Frank to, to Frank or Champs on Twitter for pointing this one out. Um, she made a very funny point about this over the weekend. She said she found it funny that KTM had thrown all this money to try and bring in a factory rider when they had one all along in Polar Spagaro. And, uh, yeah, I think that says it all, kids. Qualified fifth as well. Like, that was a stunning effort from Polar Spagaro in general. Brilliant weekend from, from, from the Spaniard. Um, what a rider, Jesus. Pekka Banyaya in the top ten for the first time this season in ninth. I find it funny that the hype train has kind of cooled down on Manny, given how white hot he looked in testing. Um, hey, I guess let's see what happens when you put him in race trim. As mentioned, top Honda, the only Honda left standing, Takanakagami in 10th. Takanakagami coming, motherfucker. Uh, Maverick Vinales, who dropped out of the points after the long lap penalty in the ride through, got back into the points and finished an 11th place. Um, um, Andre Iannone in 12th on the Aprilia. Um, Johan Zarco, 13th on the, uh, on the second KTM, who somehow was only about a second and a half in front of Miguel Oliveira, who's riding very, very well at the moment in 14th place. 
like people that are watching who know their bikes are are basically raving about how good Miguel Oliveira looks on that Tech Free KTM. Um, if he's riding up there as good as the factory guys is, and we all know Johan Zarco is no slouch by any stretch of the imagination. Very, very impressive stuff from the dentist, I have to say. Um, Rabat rounds off the points in 15th, ahead of Carol Abraham in 16th. Mir, who had the ride through penalty in 17th, and a feast siren, last of the front runners, who's looking extra struggleicious out there at the moment, sadly, in 18th place, but can still dab during rain related weekends, which is nice to know. Four DNFs, Jorge Lorenzo with a technical failure, Marquez falling in shocking fashion, Crutchlow, i.e., rinse and repeat, and Leach Spagro, who also crashed on lap five. Um, championship standings, real quick. Andre Davizioso now leads the championship, but only nine points cover the top four. Valentino Rossi in second, who refuses to go away in these title races, even though he's he still hasn't has gone like almost two seasons since his last win. 51 points in second. Alex Rins now third in the championship on 49 points. Yeah, <laughs> there's a thought for you. Mark Marquez in fourth on 45. Edna Petrucci on 30. Jack Miller on the same bike as Danilo in the factory seat, just one point behind in with 29. And Takanaka Gami is seventh in the championship right now. With 22 points, he is the second highest ranking Honda in the championship. He's three points ahead of Cal Crutchlow, and Jorge Lorenzo is down there in 17th place with just seven points. Taka, everybody, leading the charge for Team Japan. At a boy. At a boy. But as you said, guys, pretty fun race, no? <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. I, I need to get back to watching MotoGP more often. Yes, you do. Yeah, I, I've only been streaming it for the last year and a half, boys. Like, does anyone listen to me on this podcast? <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Team oh. America, make an effort for God's sake. Yeah. And I'm, okay, I know it's not on decent TV. Like, I know it's not on decent TV coverage at all. I know it's a shitter, but I'm sorry. Get into it, boys. You'll thank me later. We're doing <laughs> our best. <laughs> Use the totally legal sources that are available to you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, to appeal to our American audience, let's cut down to the MotoGP Bush Grand National Series, a.k.a. Moto2. Yes, yes. Uh, more uh, more fun times in the Triumph-powered Moto2 series. And an old veteran got back to the top of the step. It was Thomas Luti, now in Dynavolt colors, um, back on the top step of the podium. Winning in Moto2, winning it fairly comfortably in the end, actually, by 2.5 seconds. And for the first time in a while in Moto2, a 1-2 finish for Dynavolt, because Marcel Schrotter had his best ever finish in Moto2 in second as well. Uh, so, yeah, Dynavolt 1-2, and two, thumbs up all round. <laughs> Brilliant result for them on the Cadex boys. Shout out to Jorge Navarro as well, who had his first ever uh, Moto2 podium as well for the speed-up chassis manufacturers. Well, nice to see them back uh, back up on the uh, sharp end of the uh, rostrum in third for Navarro. Also, I have to say, big shout-out to Matteo Pacini in fourth as well for the, for the uh, Pons team in Cadex, who I'm ranked to remind everybody does not have a full-time ride in this class. How? <sighs> How? 
Matteo Pasini is still really, really good at this whole bike riding thing and does not have a full-time ride. Someone hire that man. <laughs> like, seriously, he is so good. And yeah, fourth place for him, a great result from him. Alex Marquez in fifth. Luca Marini in sixth for the Sky VR46 team. Sam Lowe seventh, um, ahead of Simone Corsi in eighth. Um, and Aya Bastianini, great result for him on the Italians to get into the top 10. Both Italians in there, him and Andrea Locatelli, 9th and 10th respectively. Not such a good day for the uh, SAG team. Remy Gardner struggling a little bit more on this one. 11th for him ahead of Tetsuya Nagashima in 12th. Bo Benchneider, 13th. Dominic, Dominic Agata, 14th. And I believe that's Jorge Martin's first Moto 2 point in 15th as well. Just double checking my scoreboard now. Sorry, he actually had a point in Qatar as well. He finished 15th there as well. My bad. But Martin rounding off the points in 15th place for Red Bull KTM. A bit more spread out, a bit more of a traditional Moto 2 race on that one. But. Uh, uh, good times all round on that one. Lorenzo Baldassari still leading the championship. He sadly crashed in this race. So uh, that's, if you're wondering where he was in all that running order, he binned it. Uh, so no three in a row for the for the younger talent. Binned it on, on the first one. lap. Yeah, opening lap, opening lap crash. Uh, probably a rush of blood to the head there, unfortunately, which probably wasn't ideal. But still leads the championship by three points over Marcel Schrotter. Um, in second, and Thomas Luti now third, just five off the top on 45. Remy Gardner dropping to fourth on 38, and Alex Marquez rounds off the top five in fifth with 36 points. Whew, deep breath, Moto Free, everybody, and uh, yes, the Moto GP Gander Outdoor Truck Series. <laughs> More or less, and uh, yeah, more carnage up the front. A leading group of uh, nine dudes breaking out here at, at Kota. And it's funny because Kota has a knack where one guy seems to get away at this racetrack more than anything else if they've got the pace to do it. Like, remember Danny Kent back in the old days and Pekka Baniaira had done it before where they've been able to break the toe and completely wreck, wreck shop. But uh, it was the, and I say wily veteran in inverted commas here, given how it's such a, a, a crop of new blood. Um, in uh, in in the field this time around, but it was Aaron Canet. Remember him, the head case from Argentina last year. Yes, he won this one, breaking free on the final couple of laps over Jan Messia in second, and Andrea Mino in third to round off the podium. Um, and another hectic group of nine, big scrap. Moto three, you know the drill. Go watch it; it's fun. You know, Mino third, Gabby Rodrigo fourth, Nicola Antonelli fifth, Tony Arbolino sixth. Raul Fernandez, 7th. Alfonso, Alonso Lopez in 8th. Celestino Vietti in 9th, ahead of Dennis Foggia. Ayagura in 11th, ahead of Monster down there in 13th, and generally off the pace in the second group. Bit of a weird one. Alongside uh, two other Wiley veterans, John McPhee and Darren Binder, rounding off the points in 14th and 15th, respectively. Um, in that championship right now, it's we have we have a tie. Um, Jan Messia is now championship leader on countback after not scoring in Qatar, but first and second in the last two races in Moto Three. He's dead level with Aaron Canet, who's also on forty-five. Then it's a thirteen-point gap back to third, uh, joint third of Lorenzo Dalla Porta and Nicolo Antonelli on thirty-two points each. Kaito Toba, the Japanese winner, down to fifth on thirty-one. It's Moto Three. Go watch it. It was a fun time. In fact, watch most of the weekend. It was also a fun time. But not if you're a Marquez fan. Skip it. You know, it's it's, it's uh, it, it 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 wasn't such a fun time there. <laughs> Maybe more fun if you're an Alex fan. He has fans. Oh, you don't mean Alex Rossi? 
My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, more on that next time round. MotoGP returns in a couple of weeks' time as we head for the European part of the calendar in Haref. Resurfaced. That should be fun. Uh, oh, baby. That, that should be fun indeed. If you remember how crazy last year's race was with Marquez, the Ducatis, and Pedrosa involved, could be a very, very fun time. So keep an eye on for that one in a couple of weeks' time at Haref. More bikes at the end of the show as we talk World Superbikes, but after this quick musical break, we'll be back to talk about IndyCar, Long Beach, and Alex Rossi. <laughs> So, uh, King, how far on the beaten down scale do we award Alex Rossi for a 22nd win at Long Beach? Ooh, I'd say, considering the circumstances, that that was maybe eight and a half out of ten beat him down. We, we, I give it the super beat him down. It, it's, it's a super beat him down, ladies and gentlemen. That is my official decision, as Alex Rossi basically ran riot. Uh, the IndyCar Grand Prix of Long Beach uh, for the second year in a row. Com- arguably even more invincible than he was last year, which is hard to even acknowledge given just how good he was last year too, but somehow even better. Um, crazy, crazy performance. He just drove away, didn't look back, and nobody can touch him. King, how on earth is he so good around here? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe... You know, being in your home state, probably had in and out before coming to the race. Yes, I hereby now rename, like, Long Beach Alex Rossi Land. Uh, it, it is now. It belongs to him. Yep. We went We went with in and out because uh, some other um, fast food places that are local to California, you know, just couldn't, couldn't fulfill their end of the deal. But their, burgers, <laughs> but their burgers look so good every time I see them on TV. Why can't we have in and out here? No, we're... we're <laughs> we're not. We're not talking about it. Damn it! Mm. Now, a certain establishment. A certain establishment offered their offered an item on their menu free of charge if a certain driver won the race. Yeah, and then that driver um, ended up broadsiding it into the concrete barriers and retiring on after fifty laps. God damn it, Colton Herter! <laughs> oh man, Big Chungus was supposed to bring you luck. <laughs> Big Chungus took the luck away. Oh, sigh. Colton Herter let us down. Poor kid. We forget he's still a rookie. He'll learn. Although, yeah, I did like, find I did find it funny that uh, he retired after one hour and one minute of racing. <laughs> it says 101. <laughs> but hey. yes, King Taco. King Taco with 31 locations across the greater Los Angeles area. And only those 31 locations across the greater Los Angeles area. That was remarkably that's a, that's a, well that's remembered. That's a city of millions, though. Are they paying you yeah. for this for this gang? Is, is this like a shameless plug? Do I do I have to no? Put, do I have to put includes paid promotion in like the in like the description <laughs> box of the episode? I'm, I wish I was being paid by King Taco. I'm just trying to make sure I don't get sued. As <laughs> Chris said, they were pretty good. Um, in in in, in from Cam in the Discord server. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean. Jeez. Like also the vicar said he negotiated the sponsorship deal while watching the race last night King is there something you're not telling us no 
you, you kind of lowballed it because you should have gone with that na 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 napa know how to <laughs> whoop that ass for 85 laps. Yeah, it was an arse whipping. It was an absolute arse whipping. Rossi took the lead and did not look back. There was only six lead changes the entire race. There was only three laps under yellow. Um, just- Y'all remember at the start when Scott Ditson looked like he was going to get a run around the outside of Rossi? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that lasted one corner. That was about the, the most the lead was challenged. Pretty much. All day long. That, that was about it. Rossi was in a class of his own. To put it into perspective, it was an 85-lap race at Long Beach. Alex Rossi led 80 of the 85 laps. Only New Garden, Power, and Takuma Sato led a lap other than Rossi at any point during this race. And hey, uh, as anyone will tell you, you just don't go around the outside of Alex Rossi. It just doesn't happen in yeah, this series. What, 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 he was five laps short of doing the hat trick? Yeah. God damn. Just, just the bounce. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. A 20.2 second victory. And actually quite incredible, given the sad news that had come through after the race where we found out that Alex had lost his grandfather just a day before the race itself. Um, a very sad bit of news. Our condolences go to the Rossi family on that one. That's a humdinger. It's probably why he was so subdued uh, after the win, dedicating the win to him. Um, and to still drive that incredibly, all things considered, um, magnificent performance from Alex Rossi. Um, dominant, dominant stuff. But in terms of the championship, hello, Joseph Newgarden in second. The consistency continues. Another fantastic result from Joseph Garjay. Tennessee stand-up. It was kind of the only driver that was relatively in Rossi's region. Still a great points day when you consider that his Penske teammate, Will Power, probably threw away a podium by just overcooking it going into one. It's never going to happen for Will Power, is it? It's just like, it just feels like... Like, every time Power is, like, his usual spectacular self has ridiculous ultimate speed, just one little mistake, and that was a big one. It cost him dearly at Long Beach. Dropped him from a probable podium down to just seventh place for him in the end. Um, Very sad, but, uh, hey, needs be on that one. It's it's, it's a seventh place for Will Power on that one. As mentioned, Newgarden, about the only man in the same postcode. He beat Scott Dixon for third and there was controversy here folks in the battle for the last spot on the podium it, it had been mostly held uh by graham rayhall throughout the race he had basically no tire left whatsoever going into the final lap um he had no push to pass left either dixon had 22 seconds um going into the final lap obviously dixon is dumping the button um basically tapping it like a madman on the final lap he gets a good run down the back straight um and uh as dixon possibly sticks a nose underneath rail on, on the back straight down towards the slow right hander dixon arguably makes a double move um to try and block dixon is finishes behind rail on track Third and fourth, you could see uh, as they were getting out of the cars, Dixon was pissed um, on this one. Um, he was he was darn sure that Rahal threw the block. Stewards had looked at the incident, um, and uh, they actually reversed it. They they knocked Rahal off the podium and uh, put Dixon back in third in, instead. So. Dixon gets the podium spot. Now, Fez, what did you make on this one? Because this was 
interesting, to say the least. It was like, Ray Hall, after the race, was actually surprisingly calm about the whole thing. <sighs> yeah, he was calm. He, he let everybody know that, you know, he was, you know, he, he didn't feel like he was going to get that podium. But, you know, he totally gave Ditz a room. So I'm not mad about it, but I am, you know, questioning the decision. But we wouldn't have gotten that podium anyway, but we would have. <laughs> it, it was it was like less low-key and more just like presumptuous from Ray Hall more than anything else. He was trying to, I think he was trying to play it down and be, you know, humble about it. But you could see he was grinding his teeth like, yeah, yeah, P4 did a good day, but I'm going to go to the stewards and ask for clarity and clarification because you are allowed to block in IndyCar. Yes, Graham. Yeah, but you're not allowed to move three times in your defense. Yeah, like that was desperation from Graham Rahal more than anything else, and you, which is understandable given the predicament he was in. But you can't move three times to defend your position. Like, yeah, we've seen it on replay two or three times over. It actually looks worse on slow mo. Rahal, like you're allowed to throw one block. You're not allowed to throw three. Amazingly. Uh, I think Ray Hall just panicked. I think he tried to save face in the post-race press conference he had with um, uh, he moved as Cam mentioned. He moved right, jinked left, and moved to block the right again. And Dixon had no chance of coming through without plowing into the side of him at 150 miles an hour. Um, so, yeah, probably the right decision there um, on that one. So, uh, yeah, a blocking penalty for Ray Hall knocked him down from third to fourth. Ryan Hunter Ray, pretty quiet weekend from him in the end in fifth, but solid points all told. Simon Pagano, nice to see him back up the higher end of the field in sixth place. Um, needs a good result, and that will do nicely. Um, will Power, who made that mistake mentioned earlier, dropped from sixth to seventh, ahead of not now Sato in eighth. Um, <coughs> still, I think, third in the championship, though, so not a bad day for... Uh, fourth, fourth, yep. fourth in the championship, but still hanging in there in triple digits already. Very nice to see. James Hinchcliffe started 15th, finished 9th. Good day at the office for the SPM boys there, given the not-ideal qualifying circumstances there. Felix Rosenquist, who was told to dial it down just a notch by chip, and a solid 10th place finish for him there. Seb Bourdain in 11th, sadly no spectacular overtake this time, but did do double duty by racing in the IMSA race that same day. He was qualifying as yeah. well. Attaboy. Yeah. And that was a wild IMSA race that we can talk about once we run down the field. Just a little bit. We'll get that in a minute. Yep. Patricio Award in 12th. He was a lap down in the end ahead of Marco Andretti in 13th. Max Chilton 14th for Carlin. Matt Leist in, in 15th. Ed Jones 16th. Zach Veach in 17th. Spencer Piggott in 18th. Tony Kanaan in 19th. He was still racing with a quite bruised knee. Very tender after a... a, a Plowed it deep into the wall in qualifying on Saturday. Phrasing. Um, Marcus Ericsson in 20th. Um, for the other, in the second SBM cast, Santino Ferrucci in 21st, who spun it and which which caused all of the internet to laugh at him. And I have no judgment on this. <clears throat> um, Jack Harvey. We have to talk about Jack Harvey. Who, poor fella. <laughs> oh dear. Um, the mayor of Lawn Beach. Oh, <laughs> I, I love that, that people are asking, has anyone ever wrecked it into the fountain before? And next thing you know, we have a great a picture of Jack Harvey's new pruning service as he parks it straight on the grass at the fountain. Yeah, great day for the Acura-sponsored car to crash on the first lap in the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. 
Where to let the team now, Jack? <laughs> uh, That's our boy. That's our boy, y'all. Unfortunately, due to the nature of the incident, we have now demoted Jack Harvey to being Scottish. He's yours again, boys. Thanks, Zoe. Um, <laughs> uh, and Colton Herter, as mentioned, in 23rd place. Um, sadly, uh, uh, in, in the wall and never, never really recovered on that one. A frustrated young Colton on that one in 23rd and last place. Championship look standings real quick. 28-point lead at the front for Joseph Newgarden, but it's now Alex Rossi in second on 138. Scott Dixon in third on 133. Takuma Sato, the last man, over 100 points on 116. Kind of scary. He's got a win in a pole position already. Had a boy, Takuma. Um, Hunter Ray in fifth on 96. Will Power on 93 on the same amount of points as James Hinchcliffe, who's now seventh. Seb Bourdais in eighth on 91. Graham Rahal in ninth on 90 points. And Colton Herter, who rounds off the top 10 with 88. We're going to get into the fun stuff with IndyCar next time out because we're back in a month's time to start the month of May. The Indy Grand Prix of Indianapolis on the road course in just 25 days time, May 11th on that one to start the month of May. It'll be a good time for all involved. Want a quick word about him, sir, RJ? Uh, yes. Um, another Cadillac victory this time, the number five Mustang sampling racing car of, um, I believe it's Joao Barbosa and Felipe Albuquerque. Took the victory. Uh, bad day for some of the points leaders, including uh, Jordan Taylor, who was uh, was effectively having his version of the flu game. Had Kamui Kobayashi on standby just in case he couldn't drive, and then his co-driver Ranger Vanderzanda puts it in the wall. Uh, the number thirty-one, the uh, the Wheeland Engineering car of uh, Ronaldo and Ronaldinho, um, Felipe Nazar and uh, Luis Felipe Pipodorani, um had a wheel fall off. Yikes. But they still salvaged a good day in that number seven uh, Acura of Ricky Taylor and Ellie Castroneves nearly went from pole to victory. And, of course, Porsche won in GTLM, so Cam is awfully excited. <laughs> awfully, awfully excited. <laughs> Has he busted the nut yet? We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. G- give it a minute. <laughs> give it a minute. But, uh... Uh, of all the races... That have happened this year. The Bubba Burger Grand Prix is certainly the best one that is sponsored by Frozen Foods. A useful fact there for you, for you all you guys listening out there. A fun time. Um, I'm going to be nice about this Grand Prix and say it was a Grand Prix that took place at Long Beach. Yeah. It was an incredible individual drive. There's not a lot happening behind it. Yeah, it, it, it was a case of one outstanding drive and that kind of just dominated the whole weekend and the nature of Long Beach being a very hard track to pass around. It was just one of those days. It happens, you know, they can't all be winners in IndyCar and Long Beach is just sort of that, really. It's going to be Rossi land from here on in. And you thought Magello was bad. <laughs> Extra sauce. Extra sauce indeed. Um, so yeah, Long Beach everybody. Maybe check out the extra half-hour version of the IndyCar's YouTube channel. Probably wouldn't go for the whole thing. Unless you're an Alex Rossi fan. Hi, Sarah. Um, <laughs> we love you, friend. We love you, friend. Um, but, uh, yes. Uh, so, you quickly get into World Superbikes real quick. Um. Yeah. <laughs> it never ends. 
more off to this music. Also, I, like, I love that we didn't mention this in like the uh, in the in the set list. Um, and I thought we got over this on Saturday. It snowed at Assen. Snowed. Yes, I'm. Yeah, it snowed across. It snowed across most of your northern Europe. Not not only including the, including the Nurburgring Nordschleife, who yeah, had the VLN race, race got red flagged and then canceled. Oh dear. Um, not so I, I did see pictures about this. I saw how bad the fog and the snow was out there. That was awful. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that, that, that totally makes sense. Um, oh boy, that was uh, that was a trip. But yeah, uh, it, it 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 was. The weather was okay at Aston on Friday for practices and whatnot. But uh, Saturday morning, it was cold, cold as a motherfucker. Um, snow. Uh, it, it was actually snowing. We had snow. We had sleet. We had hail. All throughout Saturday morning, um, after qualifying, um, it was all sorts of crazy. Qualifying was mental as well, because um, you know qualifying is no longer uh, Q1 and Q2 like the MotoGP format. It is now one big 25-minute session with everybody involved. They were all slapping on qualifiers at the end, um, or, or at the end of the session. Uh, in the last five minutes, everyone puts their one qualifying tire on and goes out for what is going to be their big lap at the end. Um, and during that uh, uh, that that last five minutes, Bautista uh, was the first out there to set a, a qualifying lap, goes to the top and pole position, and with about a minute fifteen to go, top rack puts it in the wall, damages the air fence. How they have to red flag it because obviously the air fence is damaged, and everybody else who was on a hot lap, they all get it cancelled, which 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 put Bautista on pole, and everyone watching was just like fucking seriously. <laughs> the the one man in the field who basically didn't need like they basically like didn't need any sort of luck to go his way whatsoever. Yeah, he gets a jammy pole position on top because he that's the thing. He he going into the weekend Bautista wasn't all that quick. He certainly looked a lot more fuming. It was Jonathan Rain Tom Sykes um on the BMW um that looked a lot more uh comfortable, shall we say. Um it wasn't ideal to say the least, but it was it made for it made for some fun. Let's <laughs> let's put it that way. Um <laughs> Like, I, I do remember seeing, like, FP3, for example. Sykes goes fastest at the end of the session, and all the BMW guys start fist-bumping. <laughs> it's like, BMW's top of a timing sheet! Woo! Um, which I thought was quite funny. But, uh, yeah, apparently Tom Sykes was on the lap that was 0.4 under Bautista's when the red flag came out. Michael Vandermark was, was on the lap that was a tenth and a half under and during the red flag as well through three sectors. <laughs> and Sector 4 had come out and there was the red flag and yeah, Batista got a jammy pole position. Jonathan Ray was down in 8th and uh, we were just like, fucking seriously? <laughs> ba- Batista on pole? Really? <laughs> and it didn't feel like he actually deserved that one? Great. So we get to, we get to Saturday, the snow comes down and like, they, they had to delay the start which was bad enough as it was and uh, then after that they were like, okay, it's eased up for a bit. Let's get them out there and let's try and get a race on in the wet. And they're lining up on the grid, about to go, about 10 minutes before the, the rescheduled start. Proper blizzard hits. 
And we were like, nope, nope, everybody in. <laughs> everybody in, and that was it for su- for Saturday's running. That was it. We never got a race one on Saturday. Uh, it, it was all... The day's running got postponed. They had to run it on Sunday instead. There was much Eurosport time padding, many a fun interview um, and whatnot. But uh, that was it. They had to cancel it. They cancelled the Super Bowl race for Sunday, just made it a straight old-school Superbike weekend, race one and two on Sunday. And uh, that was the end of it for Saturday. They, like, there was a very brief sport where they were going to try and run the Super Sport 300 race. <laughs> but uh, that didn't happen either. But as you can say, I'm beating around the bush. Bautista won both races. Yay. The chase for 18 is on. <sighs> and. He won pretty comfortably in both of them again. Now, since last week's show, we, which we did, we talked about this in depth, they did actually take 250 revs off the Panagade V4. And they gave Honda yeah. 500 back, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> they actually said in the official press release, Honda's situation clearly requires a two-step boost. In other words, translation, Honda is so bad, we'll give him 500 revs back rather than 250. Yikes. Kind of says it all. And, uh, yeah. Bautista wins both races. And to be fair, Jonathan Ray tried. He bullied his way to second in both races. Um, and tried to outgun Bautista in a straight dogfight. Just did not have the ultimate pace to do it. Which is actually quite sad, given that, as mentioned before, Jonathan Ray has won ten times around Assen. And, uh... If you can't win there, is there any hope for any of us now? Is, is the world come to an end? Well, there there may be an intriguing ca- uh, challenger in the midst coming up soon because uh, Jonathan Ray's streak is over. His streak of second place finishes. Enter Michael Vandermark. Yeah, enter Michael Vandermark, who, oh lordy, um... Vandermark always seems to, like, find half a second whenever he's on home turf at Assen. He is super fast around Assen. He loves it there. He always seems to go beyond his normal limits around Assen. And this was another... It was a very... It was a very... It was the highlight of the second race. It was a great dogfight between Ray and Vandermark, including contact on the final lap. And... As the dogfight happened over the line, Michael Vandermark beats Jonathan Ray by three hundredths of a second. Um, and uh, yeah, Jonathan Ray, for the first time in 11 races this season, does not finish in second. Finishes third. The streak is over. Just not the one you were probably all over for. All over for. Yay. Don't all, don't all, don't all pop in at once, people. You know, like, you, you can be excited. Honestly. <laughs> I'm just curious to see if he gets to the to the record and how soon he does. The record is 17 race wins in a season. That's what well, was reset by Jonathan Ray last season. Tight, because Doug Poland had it in 1991. Yes. Yes. It was 17 wins in a season. Yeah. Um, so this gives Batista 11 wins or 8, depending on what your definition of a race is. Yeah, going towards it, but as mentioned, Super Bowl wins don't count in the official record books. So technically, it's only eight for Bautista so far, which is still like 
in the top 10 for best winning seasons in the history of World Superbikes. Eight puts you in a pretty good club. Um, Noriyuki Haga, Tom Sykes in 2014, Toesland, um, Troy Corsa, Raymond Roche as well, all had an eight-win season or more, as did, as did Max Biaggi, Carl Fogarty. He's already in pretty special company in the context of World Superbikes. So for him to already... Uh, so for him to already have eight wins this season with no sign of slowing down. Um, I'm running out of reasons to think he can't run the table here. And uh, that's terrifying. The only per- Like Mark Marquez, the only person that's going to beat Alvaro Bautista is Alvaro Bautista. And that's the thing. He's, he's not like Mark Marquez and he's a lot more consistent. He doesn't go over the limit like a lot, like a lot of guys like him do. It's... I love Cam's suggestion. And before Honda should have some win. Buddy. Um have you seen that fireblade? He's seen it. He's talked about it offline before. It's not a good bike. No, it it, it really isn't. Oh dear. Um But what if what if Kawasaki contract the services of one Hunter Hearst Helmsley? Oh my god. Cause Triple A's has proven that he, he he could take on Batista, so he could certainly take on another Batista. Pedigree! Oh my Pedigree. goodness! Oh my goodness! Just what World Superbikes needs: another washed-up part-timer who used to be in the main event. <laughs> oh, RJ O'Connell, please, please settle down. <laughs> Do you want to talk about World Supersport instead? Sure, why not? Uh, a, a very, very fun super sport race, um, I should say. Um, it's definitely one you should you should check out on the interwebs if you haven't seen it already. Um, a fun time for all involved, and it was won in a last lap dogfight by Federico Caracasulo in what I like to now call the Yamaha R6 Cup. Uh, basically, because no one else on there is worth, is, is worth a damn who isn't on the Yamaha. Unfortunately, the only real top flight runner who isn't, Raffaele De Rosa crashed with about three laps to go, unfortunately. But uh, and on the MV Augusta, and I, I stand the MV because it's such a beautiful bike, and I want it to win. And, it, and De Rosa was second in Aragon last time out, and he was, he was looking like that win was coming. He was beaten on the final corner last time out in Aragon, um, and this time it was Caracasulo that beat Randy Krimenaka, the former Moto2 rider, into second place. Krimenaka, you might remember last year as being. That guy on Bike Live who had to start from the pit lane after his fuel had a fuel error on the bike last year, started from the back and came all the way to finishing second. We named the episode Krimanaka in tribute. Um, so Randy Krimanaka in second on the day ahead of Thomas Graninger, who's continuing to really improve on the Yamaha, the Austrian in third, and Jules Clazel. Uh, in fourth, and Lucas Mahias, it was his birthday on the race. Happy birthday, Lucas, in fifth. And Corinthian Perilari rounds off the top six. It's I'm honestly considering going on strike for World Superbikes until, until Batista fails to win a race. Because <laughs> it's annoying. Or until he gets to 17. Or you could talk about World Supersport instead. You could talk about the undercard. That could be fun. It's just not. It's like the thing. It's it's not fun talking about Superbikes. Like this is the thing. This was a dramatic weekend for every reason except the winner itself. 
And it's the exact point I was making to Lewis on this Discord server um, a couple of days ago, saying, you know what, it's okay for now when the great when you when you've still got great racing a little bit further down the field, which we did get with you know guys like Haslam and the Yamahas duking it out and Chaz Davies who nearly got on the podium in race two. A lot of that shit's still fun. Is it going to be as fun in September if this keeps up and the championship's already effectively over? Are people still going to tune in then? That's going to be the problem. And I'm not sure if that's going to hold up in the long run. Um, it might hold up if Batista makes a serious run at running the table. But I feel like he's going to drop one at some point. But how? Like, honestly, Imola might be the, uh, the last place that happens. Because, like... He's not raced around Imola before, because MotoGP don't race around there. I'm running out of reasons to think he won't run the table. The last one on my list is, there are certain tracks he's not raced around yet. And Imola is one of them, but Ducati tends to go well there anyway, because Chaz has won round there on multiple occasions. And anywhere where Chaz is good, Alvaro's probably going to be even better, given how the form book's gone so far this year. I'm running out of reasons, RJ. I haven't got much left. Help. Anyone? <laughs> Somebody? Yeah, because, like, looking at the rest of the schedule, yeah, you got Imola, which you've never raced at before. Then you go into Jerez, race there before. Then you go to Mazzano, race there before. Then Donington Park, that's another curveball. Could uh, be. Yeah, he was, he was in MotoGP when, when they went to Laguna Seca. Mm-hmm. Uh, Algarve in Portugal, haven't raced there. To be fair, Jonathan is uh, very good at Portimao. Yeah, but he was good at Assen, and we saw what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that Panigale V4 is a weapon. And, well, weapons are not only welcomed in World Superbikes, they're allowed. (sighs) Oh, man. It's like, as as King mentioned, there's still a lot of familiar tracks that that Bautista's raced around on the calendar. Still, I said Imola. Donington could be a banana peel. Because it's a British track and they tend to be a bit dodgy and the field has a lot of Brits in it that go well around there. Vandermark had his first pair of superbike wins there last year on the Yamaha. So maybe I'm, I'm, I'm clutching at straws. You, you, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> like, seriously, <laughs> there's not much here. But uh, I'm, I'm going to I'm determined to see if the bookies will take on a bet that Bautista will run the table. If I find one that does it as a request, I'll get back to you on that one. Um, because, uh, boy, I, 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 I don't think you'll get much more than maybe five to one odds. Seriously. I, I don't think you'll get much better than that. Um, but hey, what do I know? I'll get back to that one after studying it. Fellas, what the hell are we going to do next week? Welcome to the Super Formula Special, baby! God, goodness gracious. We'll, we'll figure it out somehow, some way or another. Might throw open the mailbag again. Oh, I, I think oh, it's dear. time. Yeah, it's growing dust in the corner, you know. It's been a while, you know. <laughs> Anyone for half an hour to perform a discussion? Let me get out. Of, let me get out of town. It's, mm. it's, it's going to be about as long lived as Formula E's uh, influencer series. Oh no! That lasted, that lasted six whole races. Amazingly, people, amazingly, people don't want to hear Bazinga's thoughts on a Formula E race. I am shocked. I say shocked. There is. There is oh, some. Man. There okay. There are very few redeeming qualities about about about, about that. Even coverage. fewer because we never got King to be on Formerly Voltage. <laughs> I'd have paid good money for that. Put it on pay per view with the price of admission. Can't be any worse than having Will, having oh. Will, Will, Will and Any on there, right? Eh? 
I mean, you just you, once you get an undefeated boxing legend on your first episode, it, it just kind of it, it's hard to keep it up from there. <laughs> a boxing legend who basically just made porn noises the entire time he was in the seat. Fun times, quality Fun times. content, quality content. Somehow, still better than us on this show. Hooray! Um, should we get out of town, folks? Yo, yo, come on, Alejandro, hit us up. Hit us up. We're bound to be more fun <laughs> and better looking, especially King. Definitely King, grow, King, grow the staff. We got it sorted. I don't wanna. It's it's working for battle. No, it is not. <laughs> Shave that Ron Jeremy shit off. <laughs> What is like like I never thought I'd see the day where Lewis Hamilton would be jealous of Sebastian Vettel's porn stash. That as a sentence I never thought I would say. And here we are. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. Right. Places you can find us one more time. We're on youtube.com forward slash motorsport one oh one. We're on Facebook.com forward slash motorsport one oh one. We're on Twitter at motorsport underscore one oh one. Um, uh, RJ O'Connell and that Ryan Eric King and you can back us financially on Patreon if you really like us patreon.com forward slash motorsport 101 uh, early access at $5 for all our shows $10 gets you into our supporters club you can listen to these shows live as they go out special thanks to uh, Toki to uh, Vic who's, who's left and come in uh, Jason and Karen who have actually gone through two shows tonight um <laughs> Why do you guys do this to yourselves? You're better than this. I swear. Um, but, but here you are. We're um, actively encouraging our listeners not to listen to the show. It seems to not work. I, I'm going to go with it. It's reverse psychology. So uh, from this true Daily Double episode of Motorsport 101, I've been Andre Harrison. They've been Ryan King and RJ O'Connell. Thank you very much for listening to both shows. We'll see you next week for a check notes. Super Formula Special? We'll figure something out. Sayonara, folks. Bye, y'all. Bye.